I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. Today, we're going to be talking about having a frugal girl winter, as I like to call it for myself. In general, we're just going to be chatting about affordable ways to live your life this winter because so many things centered around winter is just doing things indoors that often cost money so we'll get into that shortly but how have I been doing what's new with me well let me tell you quite a bit since we last spoke also feel like there's just been some things I've brain fog forgot to mention because I've been under the weather the last few weeks when I've recorded and I'm still a little bit under the weather but I think it's just the seasonal sniffles not necessarily a bug. Anyhow, I'm having I'm I'm having a pretty good couple of weeks here. Having very good balance between work and personal life, taking care of myself physically and mentally as most as I can. I did have a Rio Thompson mint smoothie for breakfast, which if you're from Southern Ontario, you know. But something that I forgot to mention that I think is super fun and super exciting for the month of December for me is the little community tea advent calendar that I got to be a part of. My friend Sarah organized this and shouts out to Sarah. This would have been so much work and I know it's not always a very spoonful day. Any other spoonies will understand. Anyhow, so basically she picked I'm assuming like 25 of us in the community and we each bought one box of tea with at least 25 tea bags. She took them, used everyone's box to refill with one bag from each person, if you're following, so that everyone got one bag from everyone's tea box. That way everyone only had to spend depending, you know, I mean, today I'm drinking a David's tea when I'm like, oh, 
okay, bougie, who bought this tea box? But everyone could spend, you know, two to $10. I don't even know what a box of tea bags from David's Tea costs. Probably too much. Whoever bought the David's Tea ones in this are really playing Santa this year. Anyhow, it's so much fun. It's just extra fun because it's not just one specific brand. You know what I mean? Like there's all sorts of different brands that folks have bought. So much cheaper than if you wanted to go to say David's Tea and buy their tea advent calendar, which I'm sure would cost like 50 freaking dollars. So I bought my, you know, $4 box of tea, put it in and got an advent calendar of 25 different tea bags. I think it's just revolutionary. I think it's such a fun idea. I would have never thought of organizing this. So again, shout out to my friend, Sarah. And next year, if anyone else is like, oh, advent calendars aren't really in the budget, maybe you too can do something fun community-based. And you know what? I don't think it needs to be just for December either. I think that would be so much fun for y'all to organize in January because let me tell you, the post-holiday blues are so real and I think everyone could use a little pick-me-up come January. So maybe organize a little tea advent calendar with your friends. Actually, the one that I'm sipping on right now as I record this, the David's Tea one, it's, I forget what it's called, but it's like a beet, a beetroot tea which is really interesting. It's a beautiful little red color, but it's got like carrots in it and beets. It's mostly berries, I will say. It tastes good, but I was a little, I was like, beets? Beets in my tea? And let me tell you, I'm Ukrainian. I love a good beet, but usually the beets are in my borscht. I have a lot of energy for 8 a.m. on a Friday morning. Okay, the other really big thing going on in my life, not something I've talked about on the podcast, and I know I don't touch much on my relationships on the internet, anymore. After Boo died this past spring, my partner had, we both had kind of like a change of thinking, reality, values. Anyways, he wanted to have a career change and applied to go back to school. He wants to be an electrician, which if you know, you know right now in Canada, or at least Ontario, it is impossible to find apprenticeships unless you have schooling, specifically in electric and plumbing. Like he spent months throughout this process because he applied to school over six months in advance as per the college that he's going to be going to's recommendation and they were like yeah it'll be plenty of time for like a january start because this was back in the summer immediately waitlisted the program was already full and he was like oh my god you know we're god older like not old but we're mature students right we're not 18 years old he's 29 years old so having to wait until potentially next september if a spot didn't open up for him on the waitlist was a little stressful already taking a year off to go back to school and then hopefully land the apprenticeship it's just a little it's a little risky a little risky in this economy anyways in comparison to being at the job that he's at was still the better option both for future financial stability and mental health. So anyways, he got accepted off the wait list. Just super duper exciting, but it was also just a moment for both of us where he told me when I got home from work and we were like super excited and then we were like, oh, this is really scary. Like this is really scary for so many reasons. First of all, I'm sure for him, it's, it's just scary. The thought of going back to school because I know me right now, if I, okay, we got a little Scottish there for a second. I know me right now, if I had to go back to school, I am... Um, I have my hands on my face right now because that sounds horrible. I could not be a student again, both like mentally and emotionally in a college. Anyhow, that's a little scary, but also just financially really, really scary. Gonna be taking out OSAP loans to pay for it because again, like just to be real in this economy, 
don't have the money to save for this. We were not able to save, you know, $5,000 in the last six months for him to just go back to school and pay for school. And on top of that, we're like, oh, right, living expenses. Mm-hmm. I cannot pay to support the both of us. So he's hopefully hoping maybe his current workplace will have like a part-time option uncertain about that. Yeah, basically, I don't need to give you the nitty gritty. I'm sure you can kind of understand from what I'm saying. We're just, we're just figuring it out. You know what? I'm proud of myself. I'm not letting it be as stressful as it could be because I know there's only so much we can do and that we will figure it out. And I feel grateful to be in that position. I think no matter what, we'll be okay. We'll figure it out. It's just going to be the year of ramen, the year of craft dinner. Oh, so fitting for this frugal girl winter podcast episode that we're going to be doing because come January 1st, this is my life with someone going back to school. I'm so proud of him. I am so stinking proud of him and I know he's gonna do amazing. God damn, dude. It's also $5 a day to park at the fucking college. Is that, that's gotta be normal. I'm assuming. I, when I went there, I think it was $3 a day, which is still, that was expensive because at this, I think this is maybe normal for all schools. I don't know. There's like a parking lottery. So there's a couple parking lots where you can get a parking pass and you pay less for the year to have your parking pass. But there's a lottery. So like you have to like enter this lottery to be picked to get a, be blessed with a parking pass. The rest, the majority of the lots are coin lots where you pay daily. So I'm like, yeah, those could all be parking pass lots, but whatever. Business, they got to get your money. So anyways, because he was late, it was like, you know, a month in advance accepted, couldn't apply to the parking lottery. That's gonna be a hundred dollars a month just on parking. It hurts. It hurts. And like this school, it's not downtown. It's not downtown. Like there's no reason for this to be this way, but it is what it is. And I will still complain about it a little bit because it sucks. It is just expensive and it's really hard to go back to school. And I commend anyone else who is or has someone in their life who's going back to school as an adult for a career change later in life because wow, there is so much more to consider and think about than when you're 18 and maybe like me, the first year of college, I had the luxury of living at home and not having to pay rent or groceries. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many more logistics going into our life for the next year. So expect to continue to see more of the budget living frugal lifestyle, anti-consumerism, anti-capitalist, everything I've already got going, just like cranked up a couple notches because we're gonna be in it. What else, what else? Cause I know I don't think we did much catch up last time. I finished the Throne of Glass series that's old news at this point, but I finished it and I'm still having dreams. I had a dream last night. If you know Throne of Glass, the main character, Selena Sardothian, she was in my dream and the pirate lord. Like, I don't, I don't know that, that series. I didn't like overly love it, but it has taken over my brain. I think just the sheer amount of pages in that series still will just exist in my brain for a little bit. I've officially read all the Sarah J Mass books, all of them is not something I ever thought I'd say because fantasy books really intimidated me and I this is negative self-talk incoming and it's not true but I thought I was too stupid to read fantasy I'm not I'm not that was my negative self-talk coming into my head but I kept seeing everyone being like the world building is so confusing this that and that and I'm like I read for a good time not a long time I love a little mystery thriller rom-com I thought no I am going to try and read fantasy and see if I like it, which you know what? I still don't know if I do. I love Crescent City by Sarah J. Maas, that series, which is only two books so far, but I've read some other authors. I don't know if I love it, but I tried it. I did it. And that's what matters. And I proved to myself, girly pop, 
you can do it. You understood it. Oh, that's been super fun. Oh, I have a TV show recommendation. I can't remember if I already talked about this, but the Dark Crystal TV show. Oh my gosh, it's like five years old. This is not new. If you know, you know, Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal movie from the 80s is the cutest stinking thing. It is a fantasy movie, but I think that even if you're not into fantasy movies, because like, I'm not really. I like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, but like, I'm not other than that much into fantasy movies, but The Dark Crystal is so stinking cute. Like the visual, the art style of it is just everything. Anyways, my partner and I were watching that and we went to Google it and stuff and I saw the Dark Crystal Age of the Resistance TV show come up in my Google searches. And I was like, what? There's a TV show? Like they remade it into a TV show? And apparently back in, I think it was 2018, Netflix picked it up and did exactly that. Made it into like a 10 episode hour each TV series. Anyways, it was incredible. We really paced ourselves watching it to kind of make it last. And it, it was so, so good. And we were scared at first because we're like, is it gonna live up to the movie? The Henson production company worked with Netflix on the remake and they did a really good job. So if you're looking for something cute, it's all like puppets. It's like a, oh my gosh, it's not, it's a puppet show, but it's not a puppet show. If you Google it, you'll see what I mean. It's just the art style of it. That's the part I love. It's just such a cozy, cutie little show. You don't need to have seen the movie to watch the TV show either if you're like not interested. Although I imagine most people watching the TV show came from being fans of the movie. Live your life. You can do whatever you want. Otherwise, otherwise I don't think that there's too, too much happening. We are still having weird classic southern Canada December weather. It is pouring rain today when I'm recording this. I think it says we're supposed to get up to 18 millimeters which is a lot of friggin' rain. Yesterday it was like, felt like negative 10. Today it's rain. Will it freeze and my driveway be a skating rink tomorrow? Maybe. It's just the, the toss of the coin here in Southern Ontario. But it is officially warm sock season. God, wouldn't that have been a great plug for like an ad for wool socks? I'm gonna circle back to the socks in a second. But if you haven't noticed, I haven't had sponsors on the podcast since like October, I think. It's out of sheer laziness on my behalf. I don't have the time with my day job to spend time reaching out to brands right now to pitch myself for partnerships. Uh, so that's okay. So this is just uh, self-funded fun for me. If, if I'm sure some of y'all can tell the podcast. I disabled ad monetization as well because I didn't like those little, I know we did it for some episodes, the pre and post roll ads. I will tell you, like it's like pennies made from that. It's not worth it for me to put some of you through listening to them and you don't know what ads are going to play. Like it was just, it was weird. I much prefer the aligned, you know, spoken ads by myself. You know, I did some with Joni, Ovary, Lucky Sweater. And I just, I don't have the energy right now to reach out to brands and the brands that reach out to me don't typically align. They, they don't typically align and I'm picky. So anyways, I thought I'd mention that as I'm talking about, wow, that would be a good fucking segue for sock talk. I am still going to talk about socks because again, if you live anywhere cold, any cold climates, you know how important a warm pair of socks is. I'm sorry to my vegan friends because I don't think you wear animal furs and I'm not wearing animal furs, but I'm talking like wool. I don't know vegan stances on wool because like no animal is being killed. I don't wear furs either, but Anyways, like wool and stuff, you know what I mean? I don't know, I used to be vegan and I don't even remember from that little period in my life. 
the general consensus on this. However, I have a pair of alpaca wool socks from my friend who went to an alpaca farm where you just hang out with alpacas last year and they have been so comfy. They're not itchy like a lot of wool is. They're super, super warm. But I have just realized that having a warm pair of socks on really helps my mood in a day. And I've got big fluffy fluffers on today from the dollar store. I don't know. There's just something to be said about a nice warm sock. We went to, we had a pass to go to the Columbia employee store recently. And gosh, I think we got 60% off the already marked down socks. It was a really good deal. And I love those like big, tall grandpa wool socks. Picked up some of those. I'm rocking. I'm rolling. I'm warm. Poor circulation can't come for me this winter. Anyways, with that being said, <laughs> let's talk about this frugal girl winter. Let's get on into it. Like I was saying, this economy is so hard and so much of the cold, dark months are just filled with indoor get-togethers and outings that involve spending. Whether you're going to the mall, browsing, even if it's, you know, small businesses going downtown and walking through the shops. Those are often even more expensive. The browsing usually turns out into treating yourself, which is just unfortunately not financially an option for all of us. As much as it's nice to, yeah, treat yourself, it's just not always an option. And it shouldn't be. You have to be real with yourself financially. You gotta be able to keep a roof over your head, pay the bill. Anyways, going out for food, going to restaurants, whether you're gonna, you know, go to, I don't know, like a special exhibit at a museum, going to the movies. Holy schmoly, going to the movies? Not it. I haven't gone since before COVID. It is so bloody expensive these days, like $17 at least per movie ticket. Heaven forbid you want to buy popcorn and a drink? No. Hell no. The aversion to the cold can just bleed our bank accounts dry. So I want to share some things that I am doing this winter that are low cost. I am so interested. To those of you that live in warm climates or maybe you don't have a four season year, I'm assuming you don't notice, but do you notice a change in spending habits come winter? Like, I mean, aside from Christmas, like January onwards, because y'all can still go outside and go for walks and do the things a lot of us usually do that are free in the warm weather. So I'm super curious. I've never thought about that. Maybe that's a financial benefit to living somewhere warm is you don't have the push to spend money doing indoor activities in the winter because it's just nice out. But that does bring me to my first point here with my frugal girl winter, which is to get comfortable in the cold. This one was hard for me. It was hard, but learning to layer and dress warm means you can still enjoy the daylight, the limited daylight that we have and the fresh air outside. I already talked about it. Warm socks, even two layers of socks if you don't have warm socks. Windbreaker pants. Oh my God, I am a snow pant adult. I don't care. I love a snow pant. There's also like windbreaker pants, which I'm sure would be helpful too. No, I want the full insulation. I got snow pants. No shame. Even if I'm just going to work, y'all know here, if you don't have covered parking, there are days where you are standing out there in the snow, up past your ankles, scraping and brushing off your car. Oh my gosh, heaven forbid the ice storms where you're like literally having to chip away ice off your car for half an hour. I want to be warm, even in those moments. So snow pants have been a game changer for me. And Facebook Marketplace, y'all. So many people, especially this time of year, that are listing old winter gear. Maybe they're getting out of skiing or snowboarding and listing their gear online. And Facebook is a great place to get that for a decent price or I don't know, thrift stores. I don't know if I've ever seen adult snow pants in thrift stores, but 
I'm sure it exists somewhere, maybe ski towns. But yeah, snow pants or, you know, if maybe you're like just not into that vibe, wear fleece leggings or like, what are they called? Long johns under your jeans. Maybe you're going out for like a fancy little dinner, but you got to walk through the cold. Put those little fleece tights on. Put them on. You just got to stay warm is like, again, just wild. I know it's like common sense. I know it is. But sometimes you just need the reminder that you don't have to look cool all the time. And dressing warm and being warm, that is cool. Lord knows I have a large collection of scarves because I knit and I've knit myself so many cozy, big old scarves. And like the ones too, like a snood, we can kind of, you know, bring it over your head as well. We got the mitts. We got the balaclavas for the really cold days. We got the gear. Anyone has seen that Portlandia episode, the get the gear episode? That, but with winter clothes. Warm. And get outside. Something I have liked to do as I've been exploring this outdoor winter lifestyle. I know there's some people that already just love the outdoors in the winter if you're like a skiing or snowboarding person. Not all of us are inherently built that way. So hear me out. It takes a mindset shift. But anyways, I love going for a winter beach walk. And this is something that my parents did start with me in like elementary school and high school because they loved going for a winter beach walk. Just bundling up on a super, super snowy day, as long as it's safe to drive out to a beach near you. I'm driving out to the beach and just going for a walk, seeing the trees around the beach all covered in snow. There's just such a pretty nature about the water and the waves. And sometimes there's like, ice capped waves depending on how cold it is going into like the snow because there's no sand because there's just snow on top of it super fun and it's dead like there's nobody there because it's hello winter so it's just really i think an interesting place to be and to see an experience in the winter in the snow it changes up the usual if you're like used to going for walks in your neighborhood but you just need something a little funky, fresh, new. Great place too to walk your dog. Cemeteries and beaches in the winter are like top tier because no one else is there. If you've got a little anxious pup, great place to go. All right, go bird watching. That is obviously one of our favorite things now and we're going to translate that into the winter and I think it's going to be a great driving force for us to get outside just in our neighborhood, in the trails near us, bring the freaking binoculars, our little bird guidebook, and get outside. Actually with birding, there's different birds that hang around in the winter with the migration season and patterns. So it's easier to see certain types of birds. It's harder to see some that have left for the season. It's fun and it's just like another form of community. Every single time I've gone out birding to these, again, it's specific trails where you know there's good birds, we always run into someone else birding and you can always tell. You can always tell whether it's a camera they have, binoculars, or just someone standing on the edge of the trail looking up into the trees. And it's just so nice to converse and say, hey, you seen anything neat? Anyways, I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And maybe you have no idea what these birds are. That doesn't matter. You can just still go and try and see them and try and figure out what they are. That was half the fun of it when we started with just being like, what the heck is that? Just learning the sound of like a blue jay and a cardinal call. Of course, you can also just go for your, go for your little neighborhood walk or go to a different neighborhood than usual. Walk around, enjoy the Christmas lights, pop-up blast people that leave their Christmas lights up into January, February after Christmas because we need that serotonin. It's so, so dark still. It's so, so snowy and it's so pretty to see when you're going for a walk later in the day, all the Christmas lights on. I really love that one. So getting outside in general. And again, I opted for 
free options here of course if you like to go skiing snowboarding tubing tobogganing whatever have at it those are just not in my budget for my frugal girl winter okay number two on my list rather than gathering at restaurants because again we can't afford that get together at home i know some of these sound like common sense they are trust me sometimes you just need the reinforcement that it's okay to opt for the frugal option because there are so many of us there are so many of us in this boat have your get together at home and more importantly remember it's okay to have a messy home i know some people are so embarrassed or feel weird but having people over because they feel like they have to have their home up to this standard listen you're the one that lives there the people coming to visit they don't have to live in your house they get to go to their house at the end of the day for me at least whenever i get into a friend's messy car and they're like oh my god so sorry i'm like mine looks the same chill mine looks the same totally understand you don't have to explain yourself opening your home up in general to host some friends is more than enough something that i think is fun to do is like host an appetizer potluck that way no one feels like they have to make the main event Maybe someone brings a little charcuterie board of some i don't know salami cheese crackers Maybe someone wants to bake some cookies someone's got like a really good chip dip recipe that they know. Or like if there are people who it is in budget, they can just go buy an appetizer and bring it if they don't wanna cook. It's just, I find a way to financially make things easier on everyone. I have a wee story about this actually. A client of mine, we've been talking about this, I talk about this with a lot of my clients because a lot of my clients are also feeling, I think everyone is just the weight of this economy. It's like, we don't, we don't go out for food anymore. I don't know the last time I went out for food other than my mom's birthday when she paid the bill because she insisted on paying the bill for all of us to go out to a nice meal because she's retired and can't afford it and knows that me and my partner can't. But anyhow, my client, she's, you know, in her 50s and is a single woman living on her own and that's expensive these days. Anyhow, she was just telling me that, yeah, things are really hard and the work environment that she's in, there's a lot of pressure from these people to spend, 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 just the weird work culture. And she was going out with some coworkers after work or whatever, and that they wanted to go to Moxie's, which I think this is a Canadian restaurant specifically, but it's, it's like a chain, but it's a more expensive chain option. And she was immediately like, oh God. Checked her bank account before she went in. She was like, okay, I've got to make some excuse that I can't eat dinner because she's like I can't afford dinner here long story short she ended up ordering one alcoholic beverage and she said it wasn't even a glass of wine because the glasses of wine were $15 each so she ordered some little cocktail that was $13 $13 for one drink plus tax and tip came to $17.50 for a freaking beverage beverage you know a little a little treat 1750 she just felt upset with herself because she was like why did i even come like why did i even spend that money and then she was saying that she's trying to get better at setting boundaries i love this for her i love seeing my clients just blossom into standing firm and what they know they need to do but she had a friend ask her to go out for dinner the next weekend which i'm like tim girl you got a lot of friends good for you but that she said, she initially had agreed and then the next day was like, actually, you know what? She was really honest. She said, it's not in my budget right now to go over. But she was like, I would love to host you. I would love to have you over and we can cook something together. And I was like, that is so awesome. I just love to see that. 
and to see people enforcing their boundaries. Like personally, I think it is so much quieter and nicer to do something, whether it's at your home or someone else's home. Anyways, restaurants make me anxious. I can't hear anything. There's so much stimulation going on. The music's loud. The lighting's weird. Having people get together at home can be really nice or limit your outings, right? So maybe you know what is in your budget. And I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago too. Maybe you say, let's just meet up at X, Y, and Z cafe to have a tea. That way, you know, okay, I've got less than $10 to spend. Tea, perfect. I think it's just important to establish these boundaries now so that when you get asked to do these things, you know your answer, you know what you're able to do or want to do financially and what is a no for you. It can be the hardest part. So that's exactly why I'm doing this episode. I know for some people, I kind of said it, it might be like, mm, this seems like common sense. That's okay if it is. I need to remind myself though of these things very often because there has been a shift for anyone else past like 25 when we were in our early 20s we were able to like live yeah you're a broke college student and things are tough but i still lived on my own like my second year of college i rented a room a bedroom for less than 400 dollars a month it is not a thing at all at least double that in my city to rent a freaking bedroom it's still afford to go get takeout or i didn't drink and go out but like for other people they probably could. Even into our first years of adulthood and starting work, it was still normal at that time where we could go and take a little vacation every winter. For me, it was renting just a cottage up in Northern Ontario, went and vegging out for a week in the snow with a nice hot tub and a little cabin, some winter hiking, whatever. That doesn't exist anymore. For a lot of us, there has had to be like a cognitive awareness that our way of living has changed. I know it might be different for people that were born in, I guess, the late 90s, early 2000s who grew up where it's already been shit. Like I feel for people that in the last five years have had, you know, to go to college or been graduating high school and entering adulthood because it's already shit. But for those of us who grew up and started adulthood where it was normal to still take the vacation once a winter, even if it was just local, and to pick up fast food once a week on your way home, order groceries and not be super stressed about it. Like that doesn't exist anymore, at least not for me. Maybe you have a job that is paying them bills and you're still living the La Vida Loca and I love that for you. That's not my reality. So I've had to have this shift where I, I need to be mindful of it. I've had to break habits. Realize that like, yeah, take out once a month is more so in my budget nowadays. I don't, I don't take trips. I've stopped. I don't even ask people either. Even my clients who like typically are doing better than me financially. I don't even ask them like, oh, are you going anywhere this winter? Because I hate that shit. I went to get my teeth cleaned. My dental hygienist was like, are you going anywhere warm this winter? I was like, my bathtub? No, I'm, how old am I? Oh God, 27, there we go. I'm 27. In this economy, I'm going nowhere warm. I'm not, I'm not an nepotism baby. There's no family welfare. I'm, I'm going nowhere. I try and be mindful too, to just like not even ask people that. I am not asking anything related to their uh, financial status. I don't, I don't want them to feel pressured. And also like, I don't want to know. I just don't want to know. Like living in my bubble, assuming that everyone else is struggling because it just makes me feel less alone. I hope people aren't, don't get me wrong, but there's solace in knowing that other people are in the same boat and just having to adjust their lifestyle a little bit. So anyways, point number three here, 
in our frugal girl winter. Just avoid the malls and stores altogether. Opt for community instead. Like I already said, just take, take the browsing, the window shopping out of the picture because half the time it turns into more than window shopping. Like looking at stuff, it's not, it's not good. Even if you're just like, oh, I would like that one day. It's all just mentally given into capitalism. You know what is the enemy of capitalism? Contentment. And I'm going to do a whole episode on that come January when we're done our little winter series on contentment being the enemy of capitalism because it's wild how true that is. And when you're just happy with what you have and deny the push to even look at things... You aren't, you like, you aren't even thinking of them. They're not even on your radar anymore. That'll be a talk for another day. But like I said, I'm avoiding Christmas markets this month. I am not going to the malls. I am not going to the stores. Even if I open the Amazon app, I'm like, nope, that is your business only for my day job. Ordering account. Like I said, opt for community events instead. Talked about it before, but join your local library. I don't know why it took me so long to do this, but they don't just have books. The books are great, but if you're not a reader, they have DVDs. They often have free classes going on or low cost classes, but usually they're free. You can get together, you can do puzzles. They have crafts often where they're teaching like an ornament making class, learning about like foraging in your city. I've seen that one here. There's reading groups. If you wanna join like a book club, there's all sorts of things that go on. And the best thing to do is to go to your local library. And there's usually like a little bulletin board where people in the community can post things happening as well as just like within the library and the area. Super, super nice. Or look them up on Facebook. I don't think my like neighborhood library branch has a Facebook, but the main library in my city does. And they'll post stuff for all the branches, which is nice. It's also a great way to meet people. But again, having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Am I right? It really is though, for real. Uh, something that I think everyone should do. And it supports your local library. The more people that are there utilizing their services, the more funding they can have. Or if you're a book person, but you're like, library is a bit too public, gives me the creeps, because that was me. At the start, I was like, the agoraphobia was real. Check out little free libraries in your town. Or maybe you're doing like a post-Christmas little declutter, if you will. And you're like, man, F Value Village and Goodwill and their big markups because agreed, you can take your books and donate them to little free libraries. If for any reason you don't know what I'm talking about, it's people in the community that put up a little post with a little box, usually looks like a little birdhouse almost with a door that you open and there's books. It's as simple as that. You go, you can take a book, give it back. You can take a book, keep it, give one of your books instead, whatever. Little book exchange free in the community. And I believe you can Google little free libraries, insert your town name here. And I think there's a directory because I think you register when you get one so that people know where they are. You know, my community, like my neighborhood has at least five and there's books for adults. There's books for teenagers. Some, you know, are like kids. There's a little something, something for everyone. It's totally free. That's a fun one. Another one for, you know, opting for community. And we've talked about it before but seek out your local wildlife groups and networks. They often have things like guided nature walks. They'll do plant identification and foraging walks, which I think that is so much fun. And often it's just by donation. So people that maybe don't have the money, you don't have to donate. People that do, they might donate a little bit more to cover the people who aren't able to. And typically that money is going back to whatever rescues, local wildlife foundations, etc. I I think that is 
so, so much fun. And it's usually like an older crowd I find that are in these two, which is kind of nice if you're in that phase of your life where you're like, can't really identify with like the 18 to 22 crowd. Nothing bad to say about the 18 to 22 crowd, but you're just at a different place in your life. I love going hanging out with the elderly. My, my bird store that I'm a part of, that's my favorite place to be. We're in totally different parts of our life, but there's something that we can just come together and bond over. So that's the nice thing about these community events is you're there for that one shared interest. And even if you're new to it, you're there to see if it vibes, if it clicks with you. Look into that and look into it on Facebook. I find Facebook is a great place to find these events and these networks and local rescues like if you have a wildlife rescue like i said might also be posting about these another one that i love and this is something i thought of i don't know where it came from but i, I thought of out of the blue and that is that if you live in a city or town with a university or a college see if they have a music program they usually have an end of term showcase that's free to the public to attend and that was my first thought because honestly i was thinking of step up like schools that have dance programs and have their showcase as well, which also that, that also is fun. I was just thinking more music, but I went and looked on the university in my town's music page. They have a ton of free music events. Like I'm talking like once a week, whether it's, I don't know, like alumni coming to play little shows or again, their students showcasing certain collections they have something happening so freaking frequently at the school of music in my city once again lord knows concerts not in my budget they're not in my budget i don't know the last time i was at a concert talking at least like six seven years ago actually one of my clients just recently went to i think they said was it tool or gobsmack or maybe both they went to a concert in toronto they went to the big city for a concert and they said it was so expensive, not just for the tickets. The tickets, of course, are, it is what it is. But they, you know, arrived at a weird time because it was like a two and a half hour drive, had to pay for parking, which you have to like reserve on an app now at the venue. Don't know what that's about. But they went in and they went to get just a slice of pizza and a drink. Their their bottle of Nest tea, which I'm not talking a two liter. Like I'm talking like a regular schmegular bottle that you could buy at the dollar store for a buck 25 of iced tea, $7.50. $7.50 for their iced tea and their slices of pizza. I think they said, was it three slices? I think there was three of them. It was over $40 for fucking pizza pizza, which I don't think the States has that, but like think little Caesar, like think of like your little crummiest, greasiest, tiny little chain pizza. That, that and a bottle of Nest tea for $40. What is that? What is that about? It's all that to say, I don't go to stuff like that. That's not, that's not in my tax bracket. So check out your local universities and colleges. See if there's a music program. See what events they have. It's very easily accessible on Google to look that up. And I think that would be so fun to just be like, hey, mom or friend, whoever the heck, let's like get dressed up. Who cares if you're the only ones dressed up? Let's get dressed up and let's go hear like a freaking orchestra or whatever. There's all types of different music too at these, which is super, super fun. Boy, I still have a couple pages of notes. This is going to be a long episode. I hope you all have a nice little cup of tea. My next one though that I have is to get crafty. Listen, use what you have because getting crafty doesn't always equal frugal. It can get expensive. I have been tempted to get a glue gun for 
so many crafts the past year. Like no girl. The point of this is you're trying to use what you have and not go out and spend money. So be resourceful, use what you have. I love to look on Pinterest. So I got probably like a month ago, whenever I was really sick, I was so bored sitting on the couch and I'm like, I don't feel well enough to exert energy to even like go cook. But I was like, I want to do something with my hands and not be on my phone. I knew I had extra yarn. So I think I ended up just Googling like yarn Christmas craft. And that was where those initial ornaments came up and you just needed cardboard and yarn. Yes, a glue gun would have been helpful, but I used tape and it was fine and I made it work. And that's what it's about. But just looking up crafts on Pinterest with items you already have to craft with. So like I said, yarn is a great one. Maybe you have felt, pipe cleaners, if you have kids, whatever it is, have some fun with it. I also am someone where I have some old coloring books that I like started when I was like, I'm going to busy my brain and relax and color. And I never finished. So I've been digging those back out and going into my coloring books and doing a little coloring. I have a summer coloring book too, which is really fun in the winter to pull out and pretend that you are on a beach eating watermelon having a good old time or pull out those board games that you have that you never play and play your freaking board games it's actually fun because if it's something that you don't regularly do it feels special to pull it out and be like yeah let's light a candle put on you know a record and play monopoly i have that i don't play enough but i think i was gifted years ago is incoherent which is just like a super fun little word game where you just need at least two people um Anyways, use what you have or go to the thrift store. Sometimes it's hit or miss if they're going to have all the pieces, but maybe there's a really basic game at the thrift store that you pick up and you can play. Or even just playing cards. That is something where like cards was such a big part of my childhood. Playing cards with my grandparents, that was what I wanted to do. I went over and I said, Nanny, we're playing Crazy Eights. Get ready to lose. I will cheat, but get ready to lose. There is just something fun about simplifying life and getting off your phone and doing things like playing cards. Get those at the dollar store. Next point here I think is important to touch on and that is being intentional and buying intentional because being frugal doesn't have to mean being cheap. It's the quality and intention that should be a primary focus when you are spending money and just again being mindful and intentional about that. For me some of the bigger I guess purchases that I've done recently where it's like okay it was still expensive but it's something I've thought about. So for me, that looked like buying a game for my Nintendo Switch that I've had my eye on for a long time that will get me dozens of hours of gameplay time. I do not own that many games for my Switch. I've had it for, you know, at least at least six years, whenever they came out, six, seven years. And I think I have Animal Crossing, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Fay Farm, that was my recent purchase, which has got me dozens of hours of wonderful game time, Spiritfarer, Bun House, which is a cheaper one that I bought when Boo died, where you're, oh my god, it's so much fun. You play as little bunnies in a greenhouse. Low stress, nothing's like timed and and on your shoulders. You're just like growing plants. Anyways, I don't own many games is my point. I think on them a long time before I buy them, but that's something for me that often is worth my money because I know I'm going to get a lot of enjoyment out of it. I just make sure I'm really intentional before I spend that money on, you know, I've sat on it for over a month, thought about it, read a lot of reviews, made sure that it's going to be something I'm interested in. It can translate to whatever. So maybe you're really value journaling. Once a year, you really like to get a nice journal that's good quality, it's durable, it's going to hold up to get thrown in your purse, in your backpack, whatever it might be. 
and you get yourself a nice journal once a year because you spend a lot of time journaling and that is what helps you mentally and that's a hobby of yours. Whatever it might be that you look at it as something with value that's an investment and still within your budget. That's the important thing too is being realistic. I just wanted to make that point because I think that people hear frugal and they think, oh, well, you're just being cheap or you're just poor. That ain't it. I am poor, but I am frugal in the sense that I can still get by. I just have to be really choosy about non-essentials that I'm consuming. It's interesting too, to sit down and think about what your essentials are. And I've really realized how much the internet has skewed my perception of an essential. See this, a I feel for the teenagers right now, people are raising young girls especially with the push to hyper consume online is nuts. Skincare and hair care are great examples of this and why I can't relate because I'm going to be honest right now. I did used to buy, I would go to Winners or HomeSense and buy the like kind of nicer brand shampoo and conditioners and the big bottles that are cheaper, right? So I think I had like Chi brand ones where they were originally $50 for the giant thing of shampoo and 50 for the giant conditioner and I got them for 25 each. That's not even in my budget anymore. That's not even in my budget. I have green apple head and shoulders in my shower right now. It is what it is. And you know what? It smells great. I don't have dandruff. Shout out to head and shoulders girlies. Even things like that. I'm like, who gives a crap? No one is asking me what shampoo I'm using. And that's the important thing. Unless you're an influencer that's like specializing in hair care, no one is ever going to ask you about your hair. And I guarantee no one's noticing your hair. With peace and love, you're your own biggest fan. You're the main character in your own story. And thinking about that and getting back to the essentials when it comes to especially, I don't know the right word, personal care, I guess, has been really eye-opening for me. Makeup was the first thing I did this with. I'm going to take a side tangent quickly to talk about this because I think it's important to talk about. I've talked about it a little bit before that I grew up in the beauty guru era. Juicy Star 07, Elle Fowler, Stila Bay, Mac Barbie. Super consumption of makeup was kind of like the emergence of beauty YouTubers. I had the naked palettes, the Kat Von D lipsticks, Mars Orgasm blush, better than sex mascara. These Sephora cost makeup items that was just like expected to have as like an eighth grader. You know, after college, I quickly realized Sephora wasn't in my budget anymore. I had bills to pay on my own. It was not happening. And I really also was on a journey with my acne at the time, which has gotten so much better. Thankfully, I've transitioned into eczema as an adult. But anyways, in loving my skin and also realizing that makeup was actually really hindering my ability to heal my skin and my, what do they call it? Your skin barrier. Anyways, I downsized the heck out of my makeup. I also like learned and thought about like, oh yeah, makeup expires. Like putting that on your face when it's years old is not good for my acne and skin either. And unfortunately with a lot of this stuff, you are throwing it out because it's expired. You don't want to be giving that away. But I went through, I sorted it and I now, I, I don't even have like a makeup bag. Like I don't, I don't know what do people usually keep their makeup in. Like I don't have a, a system. I just have in my top drawer of my desk with my hairbrush and my glasses cases, a couple of things of makeup. And I own one of each thing. And again, I just want to, this is just an example. I'm not saying that it's not okay to have makeup because if that's something you're passionate about or it's your job or you really like it and it makes you feel good, that's super cool. But it's the hyper consumption still. There's a problem with that. So for me, as someone who's not really into it and I don't wear it, ton of makeup, but I like to sometimes. I own one concealer. I own one eyeshadow palette. And mostly that is just because it has the eyeshadow that I use to fill in my eyebrows because 
I multi-use that up and also use it to fill in my eyebrows. Thus, I own my one eyebrow brush to put on my eyebrows with. One mascara, one eyeliner, one highlighter. Right now, I don't own foundation, blush, or bronzer because I'm not a makeup person, personally. But for those that do, I really encourage you to use what you have and stop yearning for the next thing. And that translates to skincare, hair care as well. The way consumerism works is they're creating an insecurity in you. They're creating a need for that product. See, all, even the concept of a hair mask, and don't get me wrong, I know there's gonna be hairdressers listening to this that are like, but it repairs, it does stuff. If a conditioner is all that's in your budget, that's essentially doing the same thing. It's hydrating and protecting your hair. You don't need a bajillion different products because I, again, I, with peace and love promise, most people aren't gonna be noticing the difference in your hair. You might be noticing that, and that's great if it makes you feel better, but at what cost? Both financially and environmentally, by normalizing this level of hyperconsumption, at what cost? Same with skincare. It's not normal to have a skincare collection and fridge and shelf and vanity like all these influencers have who are getting this sent as PR. They're not paying for it. They're getting it sent to show off in these mass amounts. These things expire. If you look on the bottom of any of your cosmetics or skincare, there's a little, you know, bottle usually, and it'll say six, 12, or 24. That's how many months it's good for once open. Formulas change after that. They can sometimes expire too and go rancid and to be used up in a reasonable amount of time. And when you have such a large collection of things, you can't go through that and you're waste. You're literally throwing away your money. That's the same with my skincare. I've got my moisturizer. I do use a serum. I don't quite know what that's about, but it seems to help my skin. I use a serum. I have my face wash and a micellar water to take off my makeup. Anyways, my point being, you don't have to have 12 different cleansers, even just three different moisturizers or the serums. The serums is really get is where they get you, the serums and the toners. Because they're like, oh, but this is for this, this is for this, this is for this. You don't need it. You don't need it. Side tangent over with that. I'm just saying, get clear with your boundaries of what is enough for you versus what consumerism and capitalism has taught you is an acceptable amount of things to own. Think about what you need. Think for yourself, not just what you're seeing online or in the magazines or in the commercials or on Instagram, whatever it might be. Really try and separate what you consume online versus what you think for yourself, for what you need and how you want to live your life. Again, contentment is the enemy of capitalism for that reason. If you're happy with what you have, you're not searching for the next best thing, more things all the times, having a wish list, etc. Capitalism loses. You're happy with what you have. You're saving money. You're not spending it on things that you don't need. You are the winner there. I love that feeling. I love nothing more than that and being like, ha, I don't even think I need these things anymore. And it takes a lot of unlearning and retraining the brain, but it's really peaceful to get to that point. Oh, that brings me perfect to my next point, which is resisting urgency because there was such a seasonal push to spend. So remember, you can bake your own cranberry scones any time of year. You can order a peppermint mocha year round at most coffee shops too. They put this limited edition push on even things like food, right? When you're going out where it's like, the Starbucks holiday menu. Sure, some of those are limited edition, but every season has limited edition things. And again, most of the things you can recreate yourself or find somewhere else. They're putting that limited edition or the holiday edition on things to create that sense of urgency and making you think, oh my God, if I don't get this now, I'm going to have to wait till next year. Or maybe they won't ever have it again. 
encourage you to ask yourself, okay, so, and like question yourself and be like, who, who cares? I can survive without the $12 cranberry scone. I don't need the $74 holiday edition of the Peter Thomas Ross mask set from Sephora. I'll have forgotten about it in three months anyways when there's a new push for the next seasonal hot item. Another one that I love, gosh, silly. Most seasonal candles that you see, I'm, I'm looking at you, Bath and Body Works, they're repackaged and relabeled of something from last season. And I love this. And I love the Bath and Body Works community online who talks about this. I got into a rabbit hole one day of Bath and Body Works scents and candles because there was one that I really liked. And I was Googling. I was like, is there, like, can you find this somewhere out of season? I had found that whatever scent it was from the holiday line was literally just repackaged and remarketed as something else for the summer line. It's just funny. And again, it just shows how much they are just trying to create that sense of urgency. So fight that sense of urgency. Retrain your brain, recognize those things and push back against them. Get to know yourself again. Learn to sit in silence, slow down. You don't have to be go, go, go all the time. You don't always have to have things that you want to buy. Not even kidding when I say if you do think that way, genuinely look into having a spending addiction, a shopping addiction. People think like, oh, confessions of a shopaholic. No, it's a real thing. I have a friend with a shopping addiction. It is a very real thing. They literally went to therapy for it. It's hard. I'm not joking around when I say you have to retrain your brain and relearn things and find healthy coping mechanisms and learn to be happy with yourself and contentment with what you have. Read, spend quality time talking to your loved ones. Screen free time. Cooking a new food. This one's been super fun for me. And I was never a cooking person or a baking person. Getting into making bread has been super fun. I know during the start of COVID, a lot of people got into making bread and making those weird whipped cream coffees. I don't know what that was about. Doing new things. Do your hair differently. Find newness in things that are already accessible to you. And that's all she wrote. It's the end of my jot notes for today's episode. And I think kind of summed it up nicely. I know I had a lot to say today and it feels nice. I like when we can have these long little chats. The half hour episodes feel so short the last couple of weeks, but I'm in a good place today that I could do a longer episode. I'm tired now. I know I had so much energy an hour ago. It's now, oh my gosh, like 9.20. I think I'm going to go have a little bath. I work later today at my day job from like the whole evening until 8 o'clock. So I'm going to go have a bath. And I, I literally don't think I have anything else on my to-do list other than editing this podcast later. Reheat some green beans and tortellini that I made yesterday. Oh my god. Is next episode the Christmas special? Holy schmoly, December's flying by. Wow, I think the next episode is our Twas the Night Before Christmas episode. <gasps> That's going to be so much fun. I'm going to be talking about what I do on Christmas Eve, on Christmas, around the holidays. And the episode after that is going to be our New Year's episode on talking about why you don't need New Year's resolutions. Holy frig. This month is flying by, y'all. This whole year flew by. I know it was a really hard year for a lot of people, but anyhow, that's chat for another day. Thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, I also thought of something I meant to talk about and have for been forgetting and forgetting. The Spotify wrapped. I know I'm late whenever you're hearing this. It's probably been like a month, but it was so cool to see those of you that shared on your, I was going to say your Facebook, Jesus, Murph, Victoria, on your Instagrams that In the Meadow was in your top podcasts. It made me so happy. I was like, this is so 
so cool because I forget that people listen. I forget until people message me that other people are indeed listening to this aside from me. That was really cool. Thank you to everyone that shared that on their stories and listens and sticks around. I, I really appreciate y'all being here. And this is, like I said, just a fun little thing for me. It's not my job. I'm not making any money off the podcast. And I just, I just think it's a good little container to get to share and talk and have some relatability with y'all on things because there is solace in feeling less alone in this wild, wild world as a young adult or older adult whatever, wherever you are in life. Oh, anyhow, new episodes every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Pick in the Meadow. My DMs are open on Instagram. Always happy to have a little chit chat, hear what you're thinking at the podcast, what's hip and happening, and I will catch y'all next Sunday. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 